wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM, Thrive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in the beautiful city and hot city sometimes of Adelaide. I am so thankful that God allows us to share His Word with you today. So wherever you're listening from, I really pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. Now the overall theme for this week is, If God is so powerful and all-loving, why doesn't He fix our world? Yesterday we talked about how God's perfect world got damaged and changed. Now today the big question to be answered is, Does Satan really exist? And today, joining me here at the Faith of Ham studio, I have my good friend, Pastor Marty. He is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center, as you may all know. Welcome, Marty, once again. Ricardo, what a pleasure to be here. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to share God's Word, to have these conversations, which, which really is uh, really answering questions that many people have. And these are questions we wrestle with, isn't it? You know, why is there so much suffering in the world? Why doesn't God step in? Mm -hmm. And these are questions that the Bible really does wrestle with as well and, and, and speak to very powerfully. Yes, you said it well. Here at Faith FM, we endeavor to answer every question with the Bible. We don't want to give our own opinions. We want to be based always on the Bible. Um, so, dear friends, for today, I have an article to share. This is from NBC News, December 3, just last December 2023. The title is Foreign Terrorists Behind Deadly Bombing That Hit Christian Worshippers in the Philippines. Can you imagine that? Going to church and then all of a sudden, boom. You know, this is what's, hap- what's happening today. So, the article says, Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. condemned a deadly bombing on Sunday, blaming foreign terrorists as police and the military strengthened security in the country's south and around the capital, Manila. At least four people were killed and at least 50 injured after a bomb exploded during a morning Catholic Mass in a university gymnasium at Marawi a city in the south of the country besieged by Islamist militants for five months in 2017. I condemn in the strongest possible terms the senseless and most heinous acts perpetrated by foreign terrorists, Marcos said in a statement. Extremists who wield violence against the innocent will always be regarded as enemies to our society. Law enforcement operations to bring to justice the perpetrators of the terrorist activity will continue unabated, Defense Secretary Gilberto Teodoro told a news conference. There were strong indications of a foreign element in the bombing, Teodoro said, refusing to elaborate so as to, so as to not to compromise ongoing investigation. Fragments of a 16-millimeter mortar were recovered at the scene, senior police official Emmanuel Peralta told the news conference. 
The blast in Marawi, capital of Lanao del Sur province, followed a series of military operations against local pro-Islamic state groups in the southern Philippines, the military chief said, including one on Sunday in Lanao del Sur that led to the killing of a leader of the Dalwa Islamaya Maute group. It is possible that what happened this morning was a retaliatory attack. Armed Forces Chief Romeo Bronner told the news conference. The Islamic State-linked Maute seized Marawi in May 2017, seeking to make it a Southeast Asian wilayat or governorate to, uh, for Islamic State. In the ensuing five months battle, Islamist fighters and Philippine forces killed more than 1,000 people, and sadly, including civilians. Military officials surveyed the gym at the Mindanao State University, which appeared intact except for burnt marks in the center where the explosion occurred, according to images shared by the Lanao del Sur government on Facebook. White plastic chairs were strewn about. Videos posted showed rescuers carrying injured people out of the gym on plastic chairs. Police officers officers in, in Mindanao and the capital region were placed on high alert and police checkpoints tightened to prevent possible follow up incidents, police official Peralta said. The Coast Guard directed its district to intensify pre-departure inspections at ports. Mindanao State University is deeply saddened and appalled by the act of violence that occurred during the religious gathering the school posted on Facebook. We unequivocally condemn in the strongest possible terms this senseless and horrific act. The university said it was suspending classes until further notice. So when I read these sort of articles that are everywhere now in the on the news, it causes me to obviously ask the question: What is going on? Uh, why, you know? And the, the normal question any anybody could ask is: Why did did God allow this? Mm. It's almost inevitably right. I mean, yeah. Did you say they were meeting for Christian worship? I mean, this was a time where they were meeting for Christian worship. Mm -hmm. And here, in that very moment when they're worshiping, is when this attack took place. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was, um, when I lived in Tamworth, we had our, our next door neighbors, um, they, um, yeah, they had been to, well, the, well, the wife, she had been to, to worship. Mm. And while she was out at, at worship, she was actually out at mass. Mm. She was doing mass. Their house was broken into and a young man, um, held up her, her husband at knife point. Now, her husband wasn't, uh, wasn't timid. You know, he, he grabbed a something. I think it was a pot or something. And he, you know, he chased this young, young, he was actually probably a, a boy. You know, he was only probably, you know, maybe 13, 14. But, you know, when she came back, she said to me, how could this have happened when I was at worship? Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, and that's the question many have when I'm serving God, 
Mm-hmm. When I've committed my life to him, how do these things happen? Right. But the reality is, you you know, I've been re- we've been reading the book of Psalms, mm-hmm. um, you know, this this last few weeks, and in the book of Psalms there are so many Psalms mm-hmm. which ask this same question. They mm-hmm. say, "How long, O Lord, until you act? How long until you're going to step in? Because it looks like wickedness is flourishing. It looks like evil is is getting the upper hand." That's right. I think David asked the question as well: Why does the uh, the wicked prosper? Why do the wicked prosper? It's a good question. And ultimately, when you look at the Bible, it says, well, in the end, in the end, God is going to step in. But there's this whole background story that I guess we're looking at this week of understanding this conflict between good and evil that helps us to understand these very deep questions. And I think, yeah, this is very timely that we're looking at these topics. Yes, I'm glad we have the opportunity to do so. The Bible is very clear, um, warning us about the times that we are living in before the end of the world. In Second Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5, the Bible gives us uh, an interesting explanation or description about the times that we're living in. Uh, Marty, do you mind reading those verses for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. Second, Second Timothy, Timothy 3, 3, 1 to 5. It says, Paul writes, he says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Yes. We should not be surprised then if we see these things. Even they have a form of godliness. So these, these things can exist even among so-called Christians. Mm-hmm. have a form of godliness. Mm. And yes, right at the beginning it says perilous times will come. Which is, um, which is, we're living which in. is, you know, which is again demonstrating the power of God mm-hmm. that God in his sovereignty would, would know that this is going to happen mm-hmm. and has revealed that to us in the Bible. So the Bible does reveal that we've got difficult times ahead. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that the same God who sent his only son to die on the cross, his, his love is the same mm-hmm. and even though these questions are particularly when it happens very close to home, when we experience loss or our health is failing or we, you know, lose a job or mm-hmm. something, anyway. tragedy strikes, we, we ask this question very naturally. Why? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? And so, yeah, it's certainly my prayer, Pastor Ricardo, is, as we go throughout this series over this week, that, um, that this will help to unlock answers to these very important questions. I wish the same. I wish the same. Um, I, I heard someone said something that I really liked. Uh, when something happens to us, instead of saying, why, God, why, we should say, what's the purpose of this? Mm. What purpose do you have in this? Mm. Because God is in control all mm. the time. And, dear listeners, if you would like to know more about the Bible, what the Bible says regarding the times of the end, um, every Friday at 6 p.m. I'm presenting 24 
Bible studies called Secrets of Prophecy. That's that's one different Bible study every Friday at 6 p.m. Uh, this Friday, for example, we will run the second presentation of the 24. And the second presentation is titled, Who Will Control the World? Who Will Control the World? If you want to know what the Bible says, come this Friday at 6 p.m. Um, the venue is Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Church Hall. And the address is 7 Ballville Street, Prospect. There's parking available and giveaways for you to take. So I would love to see you there at uh, on Friday at 6 p.m. It's time to have a break. Let's listen to a song. It is called Hallelujah, What a Savior. <laughs>
Hallelujah! What a savior! That was Chris Rice. So, um, the listeners' uh, book, our giveaway book for this week is "Finding Calm and uh, Sorry, Finding Calm in Chaos of Life" by Julian Melgosa. If you aim for a joyful, balanced life and wish to have total health, even in the imperfection of this world, follow Jesus' suggestion. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. John 15, verse 4. A growing body of scientific evidence indicates that faith, prayer, hope, forgiveness, and trust are beneficial to our physical and emotional health. Dr. Julian Melgosa uses biblical examples and personal illustrations to demonstrate how essential it is that we partner with Christ in dealing with the all-too-human experiences of depression, anger, guilt, and stress. I think uh, this is seen everywhere these days. A lot of people suffer from these uh, illnesses, mental illnesses, uh, in one degree or another. Abiding in Jesus, being in intimate connection with Him is the way to foster spiritual growth, well-being, and happiness. So, dear friends, all you need to do to get a free copy of this book is text the code SA201, SA201, to 04888-80811. I'll repeat the code. No spaces between the digits. It's SA for South Australia, SA201. Text that in to 04888-80811. You'll receive a free copy of this book. And please, please use this number as well to send us your feedback, your questions, your prayer requests, anything. We'd love to hear from you. Use that same number, please. Uh, we would be delighted to get back to you. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty, and he is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center here in Adelaide. If you would like to listen to one of his sermons, please visit one of these two places. Now, this week we're following the theme, If God is so powerful and all-loving, why doesn't he fix our world? And the big question for today, as we mentioned before, is, does Satan really exist? So, Marty, is Satan just an invented character to explain the existence of evil, or does he really exist? This is a great question, you know, because obviously the evidence of evil in our world is abundant. We can see it all around us. We right. see a, a world that's torn apart by conflict. We see famines. We see pestilences. We see earthquakes. Um, you know, the conditions of our world are, are very alarming. True. And we, you know, we look at the state of society. We wonder... Where are things going? And people are asking these questions about, well, what's behind all of this? What's causing all of this? When you come to the Bible, it's very clear that Jesus believed that, in fact, that uh, the devil does absolutely exist, is a real personal being. And we pick this up in um, 
John chapter 8, Jesus is actually here, he's actually addressing the religious leaders of his day, and Jesus was no sugarcoat speaker. I mean, you look at what he says here in verse 44, he's talking to the religious leaders of his day who are intent on on killing Jesus, and he says, you are of your father the devil. Well, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and the father of it. So mm. does that sound like some make-believe thing that Jesus is talking about? Not at all. No, this is no, no. this is absolutely real. Very literal. And this is very literal. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jesus is describing an actual being who lies and who is intent on murder. He's called the father of lies. We come over just a couple of chapters mm-hmm. and we find in John chapter 13 mm-hmm. how the devil works. And, of course, we know the story of Judas Iscariot. Judas, of course, betrayed Jesus for 30 silver pieces. Mm-hmm. And the Bible tells us in John 13 verse 2, This is Jesus having supper with his disciples, and it says, And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Jesus. Very clear. So not a caricature, not 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 an idea entered him. No, this is not someone. just this is not a concept, it's not an idea. Here is someone implanting thoughts into the mind of Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. So you see, when we attempted the devil can put thoughts into our mind. He can try to lead us away from Christ. Mm-hmm. And so there is this very real battle that's going on. And we experience it in our own lives. Yes. We experience this conflict in our own hearts. Judas certainly um, had the, the, the devil was, was out out to deceive him and to, mm-hmm. and to implant temptation into his mind. And we see that in the life of Judas. We we know from the Bible as well that there um, is is there is a lot of mention of demonic activity, mm-hmm. particularly in the the ministry of Jesus. In particular, Jesus was regularly we see him casting out demons. Mm-hmm. We see his disciples casting out demons. These demons are not just make believe. If you've ever heard experiences of demon possession, you you have no doubt in your mind that there is very real evil forces in our world mm. today. You know, I um, I remember reading a story of a uh, of a chief, I believe he was from the Pacific Islands, and um, Christians were trying to share with, with this with the with the people of this particular island and this particular chief when he was given a Bible, he later said, he said, when I, when I held the Bible, all my demons left me. Mm-hmm. You see, there is a real struggle going on. Mm-hmm. There is a real battle going on. The good news is, though, God is victorious. That's the thing we need mm-hmm. to remember. God is stronger than the enemy. Jesus conquered the devil. Mm-hmm. There's a story where Jesus is in the wilderness. He had been baptized and uh, the Bible says that he's he was now out in the wilderness and he didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, that is a long time. Yes. He's on the verge of death. Yeah. 
very because, weak. Oh, incre- you know, physically, he's mm. just, he's got basically nothing left. He's mm. on the verge of death. And often that's when the devil comes, when we're at our weakest point. True, yes. Right, you know, when we're lacking sleep or, we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're physically burnt out. And the temptations mm-hmm. are so much harder to resist when we have, when we're actually in that yes. vulnerable state. But the devil comes to Jesus in this vulnerable state and he begins to tempt him because that's what the devil does. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus responded, it's very important. He said, it is written, Mm. and that he quoted from the word of God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds Uh from the mouth of God. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. (laughs) So there's this conflict. Yes. And Jesus enters into this conflict, but where humanity has fallen, Mm. Jesus conquers. Mm -hmm. Where humanity has failed, where we've given in to our desires and our appetites and our lusts, Mm -hmm. Jesus conquers. Yes. And he conquers with the word of God. Mm -hmm. And every time you see the the devil tempting Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, he responds the same way. He says, it is written, it is written, Mm -hmm. it is written. What an example for us. You know, what an example for us, Uh, right? So, so the devil is real. The devil is seeking to tempt us and to lead us away from Christ. We need to recognize that. Mm. If we don't, we deceive ourselves and we, 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 don't, we don't prepare adequately for the battle in which we are in. That's very true. Um, when Jesus says, it is written, it is written so many times, he's, he's telling us, we need to know the Bible. We need to know the Bible. We won't be able to say it is written unless we've read it before. We can't say, hey, my church says or my pastor <laughs> says or my parents said. Or No, we, we have to know what does the Word of God say. Correct. And that's what gave Jesus strength. He literally, he said, man cannot does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. When we immerse ourselves in the Scripture, it fortifies our mind so that we can defeat the devil when he comes and he attacks. Not that we defeat the devil, but it's really Christ in us, if that makes sense. Now, there's another passage that talks about the reality of this battle in which we're in. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 is a passage which Paul wrote, and it's significant that he writes this in the book of Ephesians because you read in the book of Acts that when Paul went to Ephesus, Ephesus was this really Mm. spiritualistic culture. And you read that there was demonic activity going yes. on there. In fact, it's in some ways it's a it's quite a um, what's the adjective? I don't have the right adjective to describe the type of story that it is, but it's it's a fascinating story yeah. where there's some preachers who try and cast out this demon, and they say in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Mm-hmm. And the demon just looks at them and says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And he, yeah, it's it's somewhat humorous in a way. Yes. And he jumps on these supposed wow. preachers and he, 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 you know, he injures them mm-hmm. severely and they run off. And so that was in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. I was in Ephesus. And Paul in his ministry in Ephesus had to deal with this mm-hmm. spiritual conflict. When many of the, when many of the people began to turn towards Christ, they burned their magic books. Mm-hmm. They burned their magic books. 
And the Bible says that there was 50,000 pieces of silver worth of magic books that were burned. Imagine that. Huge. Now, sometimes we've got to be recognizing this, uh, you know, Think about you know, in talking to our listeners today, Pastor Ricardo, you've got to, we got to look at our look at our libraries, look at our DVD collections, look at what we're watching. Yes, even because if we don't read those books, even if we just have them on our bookshelves, it can potentially create an avenue. Mm. I remember when I was I just finished high school and. I was um, doing, you know, I, I was just looking for a job and I ended up doing a job where you went door to door for a little while and, you know, tried to sign people up to something. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't last very long in that job. <laughs> I realized I wasn't going to get much money out of it. But anyway, the guy I was working with, he told me that he had dabbled with Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. And him and his mates had got together that had this Ouija board and they started to do things and, you know, he'd start to talk back to them, right? But after they kept playing with this Ouija board and thought it was just a, a bit of a bit of fun, it started to tell the messages that were incredibly creepy. It was starting to tell them so-and-so is going to die. Mm-hmm. And they started to freak out. You know, when we start to dabble with these things, we start to open a door for the devil to start getting more and more access to our lives. Yes. So we... We do need to be aware that, yes, the devil is real. Yes, the devil is out to destroy our lives. The, de- the Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yes. So, the, he's, the devil's not playing games. So, we have to be aware of that. But we also should take courage in the fact that Christ has conquered the devil. Mm-hmm. And every time that we, if, if we put our life in God's hands... And if we follow Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus will conquer the devil in our lives. Amen. So That's is what serious. is so important. This is quite serious because uh, the, 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 the devil is not an enemy that we can defeat on our own. And that's why we need to be always on uh, ready mode. And the same Apostle Paul, in uh, when he wrote to the Corinthians, he said that I don't want you to have any fellowship with demons. Yeah, yeah. Anything to do with mm. them. So that means if we have anything that has to do with uh, those sorts of um, topics like occultism and anything related to demons or witchcraft or anything to do with that, we should get rid of it. And it's becoming more and more prevalent these days as well. I mean, it's interesting today how many films you can look at Ooh, that have the yes. occult or that have some kind of spiritualistic element, contacting the dead. These kinds of things are Mm -hmm. all avenues that the devil uses Mm -hmm. to try and influence and deceive. Look at Harry Potter, for example, Mm -hmm. spell casting, witchcraft. You know, Mm -hmm. these are things that are very popular in our society. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, um, you know, I guess late last year, October 31, Halloween. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in a culture that's increasingly, well, it's increasingly tolerant, but not even just tolerant. It's it's uh, very welcoming of of these um, these types of things where there is very clear demonic yes. allusions and and, um, and and reference to the devil. Mm. The problem with that is we become desensitized, mm-hmm. and we think that it's all just normal. Yes, and we don't recognize that that's part of the deception. 
Mm-hmm. That when we just think, oh, well, this type of activity, that's just normal. It's just fun. Mm. It's just a movie. It's just a cartoon. Yes. And he puts Whatever. it in a cartoon. This is, this is for children. You know, how this must be something innocent, we think. Absolutely. And, and yet that's exactly what He's the devil deceiver. wants people to think. It reminds so, me of, of uh, something that happened to me a while ago. It was um, one of my churches that I had previously. I was about to preach. There was a lady, an African lady, that when she was a child, she had been offered to the devil back in her country. Now, she was here in Australia, and apparently the devil was still claiming her uh, as his, you know. Even though she had submitted her life to Jesus, she wanted to follow Jesus. She was still struggling with demonic possession. Um, Oftentimes, when I was just about to preach, she would just you know, jump and and, uh, fell on the floor and screaming horribly. She had to be taken out. On one occasion, I remember I was sitting with her, just having a chat about her problem. And then all all of a sudden, she says to me, oh, he's coming, he's coming. And I said, who's coming? He's coming, he's right there. And then she got possessed and started speaking horribly, and then she fell on the floor, and uh, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I asked her, you know, ask Jesus to save you, and she couldn't speak, and I was speaking for her until mm. she said something like, Jesus, save me, and then this demon left her. And on another occasion, um, again, I was about to preach. She had this episode once again. She was removed from, from the temple, she was outside, and, and a group of people were, were praying for her outside. My wife was there as well, praying mm. for her as she was speaking with these horrible voices. But look at how deceitful the enemy is, because uh, at one point, as they were praying for her, then suddenly she speaks with a very soft, calm voice and says, Don't worry, stop praying for me. Uh, this is... This is uh, her guardian angel speaking here, and uh, and she's okay now. You can go inside and listen to the pastor's sermon, which is on blah blah blah. And and she told the title of my sermon, which nobody knew. <laughs> uh, and they stopped praying for her, mm. so they left. But but then she continued. So. That's how the devil deceives. Wow. And on top of that, I realized that the devil knew the topic of my sermon before everybody else did. Yeah, that's interesting. This is very real, isn't it? I mean, mm. an encounter like that, mm. how can how can we yeah, just trifle with this kind of thing? This is not pleasant at all. This is not this is very serious and and um you know and yeah, you know, this is an experience that reminds us that, yeah, it's not our battle at the end of the day. And this is where we've got to put it, give it over to the Lord. And when, when, when somebody is experiencing, if, you know, if somebody online who's listening today is experiencing this, there is, there is, there is power in Jesus' name. Yes, for sure. And that, then the devil knows that. And the devil fears that that uh, that people would come to Christ because he knows that he is no match yes, with, with Jesus. Yes. He's a coward, in fact. Absolutely. He draws us away from Jesus, and then he plays with us. But as long as we are with Jesus, with Jesus all the time, he cannot do anything. That's the safe place to be, isn't it? Mm. To be with Christ. This is very real. Mm. And in the book of Ephesians, Paul writes and he says, 
Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Mm -hmm. This is chapter 6, verse 10 and continuing on. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Mm -hmm. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers Mm -hmm. of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so, Paul is absolutely clear. Mm. There is a battle going on. He calls it a wrestle. It's like you're in close quarter combat. He really had it clear. You can't just Mm. turn your back and run away. We're in this battle. Mm. And the way to... To have victory is not by us being strong, but it's by putting on the whole armor of God. His strength, as, His as strength. he mentioned. His strength. Uh-huh. Stand in the power of His might. That's yes. right. And then it says again, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Mm. Jesus said, He said, I am the truth, and he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. We need Christ. We need his word. Mm -hmm. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. Mm -hmm. But Christ covers us with his perfect robe of righteousness. Praise him. Praise him. Free forgiveness is offered. Mm. One of the greatest tools that the devil will use against us is is discouragement for sure to try and make us think we've gone too far that our sin is too big that it can't be forgiven the devil tries to use that but when you put on the breastplate of righteousness you recognize that mm. god is a gracious god full of mercy gives us peace he he does he longs that. to forgive us you know there's a thought that's given me so much comfort over the years and that is that god wants to save me more than i want to be saved Yes, God indeed. loves me more than I want to be loved. He wants to forgive me more than I want forgiveness. And when we believe that, it breaks the chains of discouragement. It breaks the chains of guilt and of shame that can so easily bind us. So glad he doesn't give up on us. Me too. <laughs> me too. God is good. Yes. Verse 16, above all, or wait on 15, and -hmm. having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And then it says, Mm -hmm. above all, taking the shield of faith Uh with which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith is like a shield. There he is again, the wicked one. You know, there he is. That's right. And he's throwing those fiery darts. This is, Mm -hmm. these could be different things that are happening in our lives. That are trying where the devil is trying to break our hold on God. He's trying to bury us in discouragement, in shame and in guilt. Mm. Faith is like a shield. Mm-hmm. A lot of people confuse faith with a feeling. They think that because they True. feel strong that their faith is strong, but that's that's the opposite. It's when you feel the weakest that you have to exercise your faith. Mm-hmm. So Some, we're not talking about a blind faith then. No, it's not a blind faith. But it's a faith that is, but basically says, Lord, no matter what happens, I'm not going to let go of you. Mm-hmm. It's a faith that says, I can't feel you in my life right now, God, because it feels, and, and the, the devil might seem to be attacking and getting the upper hand on us, mm-hmm. but Lord, I'm still going to call out to you. So that's not the same as presumption. That's not presumption. Mm. 
presumption is where I just think, you know what, I'm just going to live my life, do as I please, and I'm going to expect God to bless me even though I'm not doing what he says. Mm-hmm. Faith is something that we have to exercise, particularly in the difficult times of life. It's something that we have to exercise when we don't necessarily feel the closeness of God's presence. The story of Jacob is a great story that illustrates this Mm -hmm. because Jacob had a guilty conscience. Jacob, um, of course, the story in the Old Testament was that he had deceived his own father to get the birthright. And 20 years later, as he's going back to face his brother Esau, Mm -hmm. he's terrified because Esau is coming with 400 armed soldiers. Obviously, with bad intentions. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Esau was not happy when his younger brother Jacob stole the birthright. And so, Jacob then spends the night in prayer and he wrestles with an angel, but it's actually Christ, the angel of the covenant. And um, and, he, and, and as it comes to the end of the night and Jesus the angel says, Jesus is is fully God, by the way, um, but uh, the Bible uses the word angel as meaning a heavenly messenger. Yes. Anyway, so it's Christ. He's wrestling with Christ, and Jesus says to Jacob, he says, let me go for the day is breaking, and Jacob says, I won't let you go unless you bless me. That's faith. That's faith. Will you say, Lord, yeah. I can't go on without you. Mm-hmm. I can't face this without you. I can't feel you right now. I feel discouraged. I feel weak. I'm I'm in pain. That's beautiful. But I'm holding on to you right now. So we could say the same thing. I, I won't stop seeking you every day, every morning, every evening, until I have peace, the peace that you have promised us. Excellent That's topic. Faith. It's time to have a break. Let's come to some music. And the song is called, This is My Father's World. my father's word and to my listening ears all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres this is my father's world I rest me in the fall of rocks and trees of sky and sees his hand the wonders this is my father's world the birds their carols raise the morning light the lily white declare their maker's praise this
Beautiful song by Chris Rice. This is my father's world. Our giveaway for this week, dear listeners, is Finding Calm in Chaos of Life. The book Finding Calm in Chaos of Life by Julian Melgosa. If you aim for a joyful, balanced life and wish to have total health, even in the imperfection of this world, follow the suggestion of Jesus who said, Remain in me, and I will remain in you, John fifteen four. That is a promise. If you seek him, he will remain in you as well. So a growing body of scientific evidence indicates that faith, prayer, hope, forgiveness, and trust are beneficial to our physical and emotional health. Would you like to know how to forgive? Would you like to know how to experience hope, faith, how to pray? Maybe this is the book for you. Dr. Julian Melgosa uses biblical examples and personal illustrations to demonstrate how essential it is that we partner with Christ in dealing with the all-too-human experiences of depression, anger, guilt, and stress. Abiding in Jesus, being in intimate connection with Him every day, is the way to foster spiritual growth, well-being, and happiness. So there you go. The number to text is 04888-80811. And the code you need to text in is SA201. SA201. No spaces be- in between. SA201 to 04888-80811. And by all means, you can use that same number to text us your questions, your prayer requests, your feedback. It, it is always appreciated. Also remember that this Friday we, um, at, um, I'll be presenting Bible study number two, um, of the series Secrets of Prophecy. Friday at 6 p.m., every Friday at 6 p.m. at, uh, the Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Church Hall. The address is 7 Bolville Street. Prospect. We have parking available. We will have giveaways for you to take as well. So next topic is who will control the world? If you want to come, it's all free. Please uh, join us this Friday at 6 p.m. 7 Ballville Street, uh, Prospect. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is Pastor Ricardo, your host for today. And joining me in the studio, I have Pastor Marty. And he is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center here in Adelaide. This week we are exploring the theme, If God is so powerful and all-loving, why doesn't he fix our world? And the big question we've been dealing with today is, does Satan really exist? So, um, Pastor Marty, what else can we say about this real personal enemy that we have? So, one of the things that I guess can catch us off guard is that when people think of the devil existing, sometimes they have a picture in their mind. Mm-hmm. And that picture looks a little bit like a red sort of devil with pitchfork, with a pitchfork and horns and this kind of image. The Bible paints a very different picture of what the devil is actually like. And one of the reasons why many perhaps either don't believe in the existence of the devil or don't think that this is really something to, to take too seriously is, is because of the way that the devil 
often appears. And it's very fascinating when you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. It says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Hmm. So the devil is able to transform himself into an angel of uh, light. That is deceitful. He can appear very good. Mm. Often the devil does not work out in the open. Mm-hmm. He works behind the scenes. He works through organizations. He works through people. He works through systems, some of which appear to be exceptionally good mm-hmm. and do many good things. And that's part of the, the way that the devil works. And so this idea of this, you know, cartoon picture with the, you know, with this red being with pitch, you know, pitchfork and red horns who's in charge of, of hell, nothing could be further from the truth. Mm. We don't have time to really explore this today, but when you read in the book of Revelation, you discover that the devil's not in charge of hell. He gets thrown into it. <laughs> yes. Hell actually. Hell is dis- waiting for him. Hell is waiting for the devil. <laughs> hell is something that he's not in charge of. Mm. He gets thrown into it and destroyed by it. But in Revelation 12, we find a fascinating passage of scripture. And it really uncovers the beginning of this conflict between good and evil. It says in Revelation 12, verse 7, And war broke out in heaven. Mm. Michael, which which is a word which means who is like God. Mm. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. This like seems like something like a Star Wars mm. movie, but this is reality. But they did not prevail, that is, the dragon and his angels, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old, who is it? Called the devil and Satan. There it is. Mm -hmm. The devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. The Bible paints this picture of this war taking place in heaven where the forces of good and evil came into conflict with one another. There was God on one side and his angels, and there was the devil and his angels on the other side. By the way, one third of the angels in heaven followed followed the devil. You read that in verse 4 of the same chapter, Revelation 12, verse 4. But what we notice, which is very important, is that what we see here is that good overcomes evil. Right. Good overcomes evil. And the Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm, So good and evil do not coexist. No. Forever. According to the Bible, evil is not a, yeah, evil doesn't serve a good purpose in the world. Mm. It's not something that's necessary in the world. Mm -hmm. There is a conflict going on between good and evil, between Mm. God and between Satan. It affects each of us. How do, we, how do we face this conflict? We face it through Christ. When we commit our life to Christ, when we come to him and we say, Lord, take my life. Right. There's a beautiful verse in the book of James, and it says, um, it says therefore, submit, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee uh, from you. That's a promise. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The question is that, is it our desire to draw closer to God? Mm -hmm. Because the closer you draw to God, 
the less the devil can really be, you know, touching your life on the inside. He might try and touch Mm. it on the outside. He might try and touch it, you know, and cause challenges in your life. Mm -hmm. But he can't touch your faith. True. And when you read that verse in James that says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We should never attempt to resist the devil unless we submit to God first, right? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You know, yeah, God is the one who gives the victory. Exactly. He's the one who gives us the victory. The good news is about the Bible as well, Pastor Ricardo. And let me just finish with this thought because... You know, we do live in a broken world, and we know that. We know that. Every We, we look all around us. We see the evidence of the brokenness of, of this world. But the yes. good news is that God is going to have the last say. Mm-hmm. The Bible describes a time where God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Beautiful. So the book of Revelation does reveal to us that there is a conflict going on between good and evil. Mm. Jesus was very plain. The devil is real. He's a liar. He's Mm -hmm. a murderer. But Jesus also gave us the good example, the best example, where he, f- where he overcame the devil by relying on his father's strength mm. and by living by the word of God. Wow. How important it is that we are acquainted with the Bible, the word of God. If we don't know our Bibles, we set ourselves up for deception. You know, overcoming the enemy is not just about knowledge either. Mm. There's a lot of people who sometimes, Pastor Ricardo, think just because they have a lot of knowledge that they won't get deceived. They watch a lot of things online and they think that's going to protect them from deception. That's not the case. We need a living, abiding relationship with Christ. We need to surrender our hearts to Him. Like you said, Mm -hmm. the Bible says submit to God. That means surrender to Him. Mm -hmm. Let Him be in control. Let Him be Lord and leader of your life. And trust that as you walk with Jesus every day, the good news is that even though evil appears to flourish in the world today, in the end, God is going to take away evil. God's going to get rid of it. There will be a new world that God will make. There There will be a time where he restores Uh, perfection and purity and peace back into this broken world and what a day that's going to mm, be can't wait can't wait what a beautiful topic thank you so much pastor marty what a i pleasure. appreciate all your input and knowledge here i'm sure our listeners have been blessed don't forget to read your bibles because that's where the blessings are mm. all right so it looks like our time's up for today let's pray dear heavenly father what a blessing we have in your word that's the only way we can resist the devil lord help us to spend time in your word daily. Help us to be aware that we have a personal, real enemy and that we cannot face or overcome him on our own. We need you every day in our lives. Please, Father, may we all have a relationship with you personally, strongly, and constantly every day. We pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This was Pastor Ricardo and Pastor Marty. Please join us tomorrow for another Drive Time Big Q&A show where we are going to be dealing with a very important question as well. 
And the question is, did God create Satan? We'll see that tomorrow. Until then, remember that Jesus says, Behold, I make all things new. Revelation 21 verse 5. May God bless you richly. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 